All righty. What's up, everybody? It is Casey with Two Worlds Podcasts. And with me, as always, it's the shitty takes to my Twitter. It's Jake. How are you doing, buddy? I'm great, man. I, I'm sad that I'm the shitty take. <laughs> well, this is like this shitty take that I saw, like, probably 20 minutes before we got on will like boil your blood with how shitty it is so okay it's gonna be fun i don't i i just like as i saw since twitter is terrible now and you have the the two different things where it's like ah this is what we think you might like it's a bunch of shit and then this is the stuff that you follow i was on the stuff that you know is shit and this this one guy's like the jsa are just such a terrible team like it's so stupid i hate that they're around and like all they are, like all they're all they are is just a bunch of D listers that make the A listers look better with how shitty they are. Oh gosh. Yeah. I then bet one that per- guy has only watched Marvel movies, guaranteed. <laughs> like, and then then people in the comment section, I was like, well, this guy's gotta be getting torn apart because this is stupid. Like, this is just a dumb thing to say. And then they're like, Oh man, you're you're right. I hate how stupid their costumes look too. And I'm like what? I'm just I'm just going to just going to say I'm not interested in this and go away from here. <laughs> You're going to look at our man or Jay Garrick and say that they're not cool costumes. Come on. Or Alan Scott. Yeah. Wildcat. That is that is blasphemy. Yeah. Well, so tell us down below. Fuck that guy. Tell us down below. Do you like the JSA or do you just hate good things? All right. Before we get into the news, a couple of things. First thing, we have a YouTube comment. It comes from Preston. He says, Love the shirts. We'll send pics soon, but the shirt only photos will have to stay on my OnlyFans. <laughs> I finally read Star Wars Black or Star Wars Darth Vader Black, White, and Red, and it was definitely not a ten out of ten. I love the Peach Momoko Star Wars Acid Trip Nightmare, but the other two stories I really could have cared less about. Specifically, the first one because it's a part one of however many they plan in an anthology uh... book uh, shouldn't end with a to be continued. I agree, hundred percent. That's the that's the douchiest damn thing. Unless the book's like two dollars then it's like yeah i can keep buying this anthology book but no they're normally eight dollars or whatever you know yeah this this one i think is five so that's too much still too much (laughs) he then says overall i would give it a 0.5 less than jake (laughs) great band he says less than jake i agree i like less than jake said so a solid six out of ten for me and if you removed peaches fear and loathing in star wars I would drop it down to a four or maybe even a three. Fear and Loathing in Star Wars is a perfect description of Peach's short story in that. That is hilarious, Preston. And then uh, someone else commented and said, those shirts look great. Don't know who that was. Mm -hmm. But speaking of shirts, wanted to shout out uh, everyone that's picked one up so far. Um... I'll just read first names so that we don't uh, give away anybody that doesn't want to be given away. But thank you to Christian, Preston, Tim, Daniel, and Lori. Appreciate all of you picking up shirts. Uh, It means a lot to us. So thank you. Thanks, guys. All right. 
But now we can get on to what can only be described as an abysmal news week. I mean, it's not so bad because we got a lot of comics to talk about. So yeah. you have a lot of comics to talk. Oh, about. you don't have. I thought you still had a good bit. I mean, not I have less than half of you. Oh, OK. Or as you I can't talk. But anyway, <laughs> we'll jump right into it. I've got a little small one and uh, we'll we'll end on my other one. Uh, Amazon Games is going to develop new Lord of the Rings games. The thing that I saw said that it's more than likely an MMO that would revolve around the stories of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings literary trilogy. Um, Apparently, this was the same group that was working on an MMO uh, that got canceled back during the global panini we had back in 2021. But that's Embracer Group. Um. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully it happens this time. I don't know. I don't know if I'm on board for an MMO. Those games are kind of grindy, and I just don't have that kind of time. But, but we'll see. They say games, not games. So there could be other stuff as well. Yeah, I agree. Though with the MMO, it's hard for me to get too excited about those because it's like they always sound super cool, and then I'm always left going, Ugh. okay. But yeah. as someone that's a big fan of the books, are you excited that there's stuff? Because I know there's some stuff that was completely like just taken out of the books, you know, for the movies. Are you excited that that could happen? Like that whole battle of the Shire or whatever, where the Shire got set on fire by the, the, the bad wizard, by old, uh, <laughs> by old uh, uh, Saruman. <laughs> yep. Yep. The scouring of the Shire, as they called it. Um, yeah, that could be cool. They also, I think another big one would be Tom Bombadil, but it's just like, what are, what are the characters going to do around Tom Bombadil? That guy is essentially God. Um, and I, I get why they left him out of the movie, like it or not. I, it's like, yeah, okay. He, what what the hell is a Tom Bombadil? He's just a, a jolly little man that sings, but he's like, oh, all I read powerful. about him. Okay. <laughs> what was he doing during the movie? The books? He just doesn't he just didn't care. Oh, okay. But but not like a I don't care about that. He's just like, oh, I'm gonna eat and smoke and sing. Uh and kind of like me in college. Right, exactly. Except <laughs> it was it was mostly it was like no smoking, no singing, a lot of eating. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, then much like Casey in college. But we'll see. I'm hoping for like a couple of story-driven one-player games. That could be cool. Yeah. Did or story-driven co-op games. Yeah. Story-driven um like games like like do a do a GTA Lord of the Rings crossover. You know, people will be driving their horse carriage and you're like, "Ah, give me that horse." <laughs> you just take off with it. <laughs> you get you get to meet, you know, some uh dwarf hookers. Um I don't know. <laughs> Other GTA things that you can do. And who needs the testing room when you have us to, to consult your video games? <sighs> okay, so Vin Diesel stated, Fast X is not going to be just a part one part movie. It's going to be a trilogy. So <laughs> that means it 
the third one's going to have to just be fast X, X, X. And then that also means we're going to get Vin Diesel, The Rock, Jason Statham. Um, trying to think of some other of the, the big beefy boys that are in that in that franchise. Jason Momoa, John Cena, all in a triple X movie. I think our old boss, Camis, just gooshed everywhere. Sorry, Callan. Specific thing that nobody else would get. Uh, but you are correct. You are correct. The thing that uh, I, I think I think you are correct that all of them will be in that because I'm willing to bet that even though The Rock was like, I'm not doing this one, all that shit that went down with Black Adam, I bet he's back in for the next one. hundred <laughs> percent. I but just he's hope, like, but I got to get punched one time less than all the other boys. I, I just hope he's like, I want to start with me in a full body cast. And then when I see a car drive past, I go, and it all breaks <laughs> off of me. And they're oh, like, man. why, though? You weren't in a body cast at the end of the Hobbs and Shaw. He's like, because it looks cool. Because that's where he was during the events of the first Fast X. It's like, I just want to, I just want to say, I want to see car drive past and go, Shazadam, and then turn back into Hobbs. Nice. And then be, you know, doing this. <laughs> it's the crossover we've all been asking for. I mean, that's... that's Furious that, and Black Adam. That's what I said they should have done instead of at the end of uh, Shazadam, instead of having Superman. Vin Diesel pull up and just say, family. And that's <laughs> it. Cuts to, cuts to black. Cuts to black adam there we go <laughs> okay and then uh speaking of movies hellboy the crooked man has wrapped principal photography mike Rinola was talking about it on instagram he wasn't on set for this one but he did get dailies and he seems happy with it he was like this is the first like this one actually does a- adapt one of my stories and it looks like it's going to be you know done well he's like he's excited for it so you know that's good. <laughs> Am I dreaming or is David Harbour Hellboy or whatever his name is? I have no idea who was Hellboy. I don't know any of the casting. He was Derek Harbour was Hellboy and the last one that people hated that I never got to see. Okay. Okay. And I, I walked past the movie theater where it was playing when I was walking to another movie. I kind of like peeked in a little bit. And there was like this one part where the special effects were so fucking bad. I was like, whoa, I don't think I am going to watch this because this looks <laughs> laughably bad. I never saw it either. Which well, it's is like, a shame, you know, you want to support something like that. I really wanted to. But then when it was like universally hated, that's when I'm like, normally I'll be like, ah, maybe it'll still be good. But then when it's universally hated and then you hear like, oh, the script was written by this guy. And then. It was rewritten by this guy and then rewritten by this guy. Then the actor was like, oh, I'm rewriting it, too, because you aren't writing it. Well, that's when, you know, no, it's not going to work. Yeah, (laughs) I knew it would be bad when because there's like a couple of guys, like a couple of customers at the shop. They love any old bullshit. They were like high school, Jake. They would any movie was a great movie. And even they were like, it was bad. So it's like, oof. Yeah, not even they like it. There's no way I will. Yeah. So, 
All right. In our final bit of news, it was announced this week that Tom King is giving Wonder Woman a daughter in his upcoming run. Her name is going to be Lizzie. And then I guess her hero name is Trinity. She will make her first appearance in Wonder Woman 800. So everybody pre-order your copy through Comic Headquarters. <laughs> Please, I need to eat. On uh, um, Telegraph Road? On Telegraph Road. St. Louis. St. Louis, yep. That's the one. Um, Yeah. Can't wait to see how that's supposed to make sense. Maybe it'll be like a future thing. Who knows? But... Maybe maybe like backup story that takes place in the future. I I don't know, man. I, what what I do hope, you think about this? I hope it's like does does she have any love interests that aren't Steve Trevor that are like in her books? Well, it was that Viking guy when she was hopping around uh, pantheons. Okay. So here is my my stupid idea that I think is hilarious that I just thought of. <laughs> it's just like. She's like, ah, she runs into that guy again. And he's like, just so you know, you have a daughter. And she's like, oh. and then like it cuts to like him, like, you know, like thinking back to like when he was pregnant with with the baby and then like him pooping it out. <laughs> like it is like Tom King's like, I don't know how babies are made. I just I just <laughs> I did CIA stuff and then I came back and I have kids now. So I just thought I just thought you go away and then kids show up. I don't know. <laughs> and I wasn't about to Google it. Yeah. <laughs> I asked uh, Mitch Gerards and he just said, whatever you say, big boy. And he and he just smacked my butt. <laughs> oh man. Like just keep writing comics and let me draw them because I'm getting paid lots of money for this. Yep. <laughs> Oh, man, I just every day I care less and less about that book. Yep. All right. That is the news. That's the little news week. It was, man. But now we'll get into our reviews. So what comics did you read, my friend? So I read I Am Iron Man number three. The Invincible Iron Man number six, Godzilla Rivals, Pialante versus Destroya. You know, those classic rivals. Um, Stargirl. You said that about the last one, too. I know, it's pretty dumb. Uh, Ghost Rider, 14. King Kong, The Great War, 01. Wildcats, number seven. Spirit World, number one. Silk, number one. The Nasty, number two. Dawn of DC, Green Lanterns, number one. Saga, 64. Daredevil, 11. Superman Lost, three of ten. What about you, buddy? I'm not going to lie, dude. There were several really fucking good comics this week. There was a lot of underwhelming. Not going to lie for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully not the ones that I thought were amazing. Yeah. All right, we've got Assassin's Apprentice, number five. The Great British Bump-Off, number two. Saga, 64. Silk, number one. Superman Lost, number three. Green Lantern, number one. The Nasty, number two. Spirit World, number one. And Daredevil, 11. Awesome. 
trying to get all of our stuff situated together. All right. Well, cool, cool. I will start with. I am, I, I am going to time us, by the way, since okay. there's a shit ton. This is the hour man shit ton uh, <laughs> one hour special. <laughs> you ready? Yep. Okay. So this is I am Iron Man number three. And this is by while you were getting the timer ready, I should have pulled up the names. Um, this is by a writer and artist that were very good. I will start by saying that this is the, the Mother's Day special. It's uh, by Miruawa Aodell and Dotan Akande on the art. And so you're like, oh, why is Iron Man looking so cool as a samurai and talking about how he's doing cool stuff? Like, great design. Art's pretty neat. Art's awesome. Great design. And it turns out, oh, th- here, here's another good pick. Nice. Tur- turns out, turns out the reason is because they're there to rescue a kid's mom that Mojo kidnapped because Mojo was watching the kid play Samurai, Iron Samurai or Iron Shogun. Sorry, with his mom, and then Mojo's like, "Ah, we'll make his mom a star," and then he just kidnapped her and put her in Mojo World. So then Iron Man went to you know rescue, and then like as he was there, as he was talking to him, he's like, "Hey, um, basically, what was the game you guys were playing?" He gave him the script. So then Iron Man was going on, you know, on the script, saved the mom, of course. And then like it cuts to him with like Tony with balloons, thinking back to his mom. And then he's like, happy, happy Mother's Day. He's at her grave. And then it has this like nice little part about basically moms. And it's, it's nice. It was a nice story. Like this is probably the weakest issue though of Iron, I am Iron Man yet, but this has been all bangers really. Like, if you have a mom that is any has any interest in comics, I would say she let her read this. She'd like it, um, unless your mom is Jake Dilly. First off, how's he your mom? Secondly, like, did you go off to war and then you just came back as the as a mother? I don't know, but um, yeah. So it's it's good. I'm gonna give it an eight point five out of ten. Didn't knock my socks off like the other the first issue did, but it's still good. All right. Go ahead, do another one. Okay, so while we're talking Iron Man, we'll go with the Invincible Iron Man number six by Gary Duggan and Andrew De Vito on the art. This one I'm not a fan of, really, because it's like, it's all just, oh, hey, this is what happened. It's kind of causing the problem now. So it's all going to be me writing this story. You know, like I'm writing a book as Tony Stark and I'm telling this pack past story that's it but you do get to see tony fight Stiltman, doc ock rhino sandman and you know electro and uh hydro man and stuff and that was pretty cool and yeah i mean that's pretty neat and now tony's gonna go go after stark unlimited in the next issue but it was just kind of like this could have been done in like two pages and then you could have gone back to the main story like we did not need a whole issue of this but so yeah that that's the main main knock i have on that um so i'm the we get to see a lot of the silver centrion 
Tony Stark armor, which I like that design a lot. I thought that one was a cool one. I'll, I had the toy of that when I was a kid, so that's why I like it. Oh, oh. Yeah, there we go. Okay, sure. Yeah, I, you're not impressed with it. You're like, oh, that's gross. Give me it golden, golden red any day of the week, you nerd. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I so yeah, I like that. But yeah, the just the, the story as a whole just didn't do it for me. Uh, yeah, so I'm probably out of five for that. Probably would have been lower, but my next book. Oh, great cover though on yeah. that Iron Man book. Yep. All right. Assassin's Apprentice, number five, written by Robin Hobb and Jody Hauser, with illustrations by Ryan Kelly. This was this is the end of book one. Um it was also the best one yet. Cause he's like this kid has gone through a lot of training at this point, like a year of training. Um, so he just knows a lot of stuff and it's like starting to come up organically um, where he doesn't have to think too hard about it, which is pretty cool. And uh, like the kid's dad, because he he's a bastard of this king, that king dies. So that was kind of a big deal. And uh, now it's like, well, shit, now that that guy's dead, are people going to come after this kid to, like, tie up loose ends? Uh, lots of questions. He also revisits a, a childhood friend, um, which was a pretty cool character moment there. I really like this book. Uh, each issue got better, which is really cool. The only bummer is it says on the last page, end of part one, Assassin's Apprentice 2 coming in December. I gotta wait till December for more. And that is a huge fucking bummer in my opinion. Yeah. I'll definitely have to reread it. And like I know I know I'll like it and I'll want to reread it, but man, I just think that really just shits on momentum. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Man, it's really good. It's one where like it's dialogue heavy. Um but it needs to be because it was like I don't know. I know it was a novel, but every like it doesn't feel like too much as I'm reading it. So I liked it a lot. I'm going to give it a nine out of ten. Best one yet. Right on. I'm glad that we get to go from, you know, something that was very good to my next one. So Godzilla Rivals, but by Alante versus Destroya, the classic Rivals by Nick Marino and artist Sean Dove. And so I'm going to start with the good. So I got I got the variant cover, Andrew McLean. Now onto the onto the bad. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's is not good at all. Uh, basically, uh, you know this Godzilla book has. Uh, I'm going to find the page with Godzilla in it just to show how much Godzilla is in this Godzilla Rivals book. Um, that's it. Dude, that rest... looks that looks so like 80s anime. I know. I kind of dig the art. Um, but then it's like, oh well, we got Biolante and this lady made evil Biolante drinks, and everyone's drinking the drinks, and then that made this, them sprout, and now Biolante's coming all together and she's destroying stuff. So this person. The main scientist was like, well, I'm going to 
make my own monster and she may destroy a you know the most like most powerful heisei monster villain the one that killed the most powerful version of godzilla or didn't kill him but got really close to uh yeah the one that's the oxygen destroyer living yeah well we'll make this guy he can't be too bad the one the one that was just like actively evil like he drug around baby like godzilla jr and just just herded him for fun like yeah that one we'll make him and then that one the, the one that you know is fighting Biolante. i love Biolante. i think she looks cool as all hell but she's not one known for being tough like destroya but guess what she fucking rips destroya apart i don't think this person has ever seen a godzilla movie and so then but then they're like ah we got these drones and they sprayed it with some some roundup not really roundup but they we sprayed biolante with some roundup and now it's dead good thing the people survived the end (laughs) it it wasn't good (laughs) i don't know man sounds pretty cool yeah, I'm gonna give this a one. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Like I was like last time, like, hey, it's gonna get better. This last issue wasn't very good, but it's not gonna stay bad. Then I was like, then they're like, you wanna bet? And I'm like, shit, you won. But the next one's gonna be Space Godzilla. And this cover looks cool. So I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah, it does. Here's my question though. Because you're a little upset at the title being Godzilla Rivals and then Godzilla not being in it, but what else would you call it? I mean, if you if like you want Godzilla Universe, but then like Godzilla is still in the title. Yeah, just do Godzilla Universe or something like that. But when it's like, because okay, the other ones like uh, I don't know. I think if you want to have it be a Godzilla book, just have Godzilla versus Rivals, Godzilla versus Destroya. I mean, there's no, I don't know anyone out there that's clamoring for Destroya versus Biolante. Or the lobster versus whatever. Rodan. Rodan, yeah. Yeah. It's like, especially those ones. I mean, there, there's, there'd be some people out there that'd be like, oh, Baragon versus Angerus because they both burrow or, you know, like stuff like that. But when it's like Ibra versus Rodan, who's wanting that? Or <laughs> Biolante versus Destroya. When, Honestly, Destroya should just mop the floor with Biolante. Like I said, love Biolante. But they don't have a chance. <laughs> well, it's a shame it wasn't more fun. Yeah, it's just uh like I said, one out of one out of ten. It's not good. Uh do another. I've only got one more non-Muchi. Okay, so Stargirl, The Lost Children by Jeff Johns and Todd Knock. We get more of Jake's favorite um, Epstein Island boy and our man. He's, you know, we get kind of why he's trying to. I really to abduct- wish you'd stop calling him that. He's not <laughs> a creep. We get more, we get a reason why he's abducting children. And so then that, you know, that, that's explained. You know, can I just say it's pretty par for the course that Jeff Johns is just making a favorite character of mine a f- fucking weirdo in all fairness he used to do that to mine (laughs) (laughs) but uh no so they but they fix him basically like they come up with a plan to stop him because he's like he's fighting the programming because he got reprogrammed by 
time traveler kid because they're the, you know he's supposed to keep the kids out from the universe because it could mess stuff up if they go back to their time stream but then one of the kids needs to go back to his time because he's about to die and it's like that saves the universe basically and so then they fix our man though our man helps them all and then star girl's like we can't leave any of these kids behind we'll bring them all back to my time because they can't go back to the main time and then um old what's his name like one that he has to go back to his time wing it's like you know he's trying to he's gonna he's like has to be he's trying to get pulled back and then star girl's like no one gets left behind and he's like i have to go like i i remember now i died saving the universe you know the world and it's like this is my destiny i got to and so they you know they have the crying moment that he just lets go and then he does his thing but then all the other all the other you know teens sidekicks get sent back to the normal universe including jay garrick's daughter and so yeah that's gonna be to be continued in uh oh it's like for more of star girl and the young justice society check out justice society number six so you'll get to tell me what happens to them because i'm not picking that up well you should because you're like because i'm not but uh (laughs) i am but yeah so this was fine i just like making fun of our man because i know it ruffles jake's feathers but yeah it's fine i the one thing i will say and this is more just like a a nerd thing is because the way they they fix them is basically there's like one person one of the kids is like really good with tech and they have a tech dog and um jay's daughter vibrates through his head and takes out his brain you know and then like they are able to reprogram the brain if if i remember correctly maybe that's just kitty pride that does this but if you vibrate through like a robot basically it's gonna blow it up i thought so i don't know if that if that's accurate or if that's just kitty pride that you know phases through it and it blows up technology but I don't know. The way I see it, it, it could be whatever, and Jack yeah. will just do whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> I just think of how funny it would be if, like, okay, we're gonna save him, and she's like, yeah, I vibrate through him, and she, and then, boom, his head blows. Like, oh, that's not what I wanted. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, bye, our man. <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna go seven out of ten. I it was it was fine. What about the series as a whole? probably seven out of ten it's fine like honestly it could have been like three issues but we get all you know todd todd knock for six which is always lovely for sure all right the great british bump off number two it's written by john allison with art by max sarin sarin This book is hilarious. As somebody who loves the Great British Baking Show and watches every season, uh, it is that show, but with a murder mystery. And it's amazing. So it's just the, the main girl trying to figure out who killed the person in the first issue. Uh, while also trying to do this baking competition and not like lose because then she leaves and doesn't get to solve the murder uh but it it just perfectly uh you know 
like gets the judges across like they they act exactly like the show judges which is funny um there was one part i'm trying to find that just really made me laugh out loud <laughs> yeah so the the host has a cat and she's the one that goes around and talks to all the bakers while they're baking and like keeps things entertaining well she has a cat named primrose and she goes, Baker's Primrose's tail tells you how long is left in your blind bake. And then it shows this cat trying to make the number two with its tail. And it's really <laughs> struggling. And then she's like, two minutes. That's but, funny. Uh, but yeah, absolutely hilarious. I like this book a lot. Um, I'm also going to give this a nine. It's, it's everything I want in a book called The Great British Bump Off. So really nice. good stuff. That actually would be a really fun show. I'm not going to lie. I'd yeah. watch that. Yeah. All right. So next up, it's going to be Ghost Rider number 14 by Benjamin Percy with Corey Smith and Brent Peoples on the art. And so it, this one kind of cuts back and forth between like the past and the present, uh, going kind of showing what Danny Ketch was doing and then Johnny Blaze and uh, old goth chick we're doing and it's like for being as like dysfunctional as they are johnny blaze and goth chick you know they almost have a as wholesome as a relationship as they can as these two people can get because like there's a part where like johnny wakes up she's making him some coffee and then she's like you need a shower and then they get in the shower and then she's like she goes Nobody wins when you're fighting somebody. She's like, I've been thinking. I'm a little worried about this one, Johnny. Nobody wins when you're fighting somebody you love. So move the fuck over and make this count. She hops in the shower with them and they more than likely bone. Now, I don't think they're getting clean. And then later on, <laughs> later on, like, they walk out of the, the hotel and then she's like, um, she's like, yeah, you're not riding with me. And he's like, what? And she's like, here you go. And he's like, these are keys to the motorcycle. And she's like, it's like, no fucking way. And she's like, yep. And he's like, much as I love your company, you belong on a bike. He's like, you didn't pay for the city. He's like, nope. Do I even want to know? Nope. And he's like, she's like, Talia? It's like, don't get sappy or sentimental on me. It's embarrassing. And he's like, hell yeah. And he takes off on the motorbike, just being awesome. <laughs> it's like, this is something I would have read as a kid. I would be like, oh, I need myself a goth girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh like, man that's the ball <laughs> <laughs> um but no so like they're basically showing up at the thing danny catches not good having good stuff happen to him we also kind of get the uh bad guys stuff you know like they're uh you know why they're doing what they're doing they they want to get the power of a ghostwriter so they can go save their brother from you know the demon that possessed him and then we get a backup story because Marvel's like, hey, DC is charging like five bucks for a book and they just put a pointless backup story in it. We can do that too. And so <laughs> they do that with this one. We get the uh, Korean Superman guy, you know, and him and Ghost Rider team up. It's a fine story. I think that I would actually read more with the Korean Superman dude in it because he seems like a cool character in this. But yeah, it was just so pointless. Like it, like impressively so. At least the DC ones, it's like, yeah, they're not just one shots. They're still pointless, but they're at least not one shots. Like this one's just a one, a random one shot that I would never would have cared about normally. 
Um, but yeah, this is a very good issue. I'm going to go 8.5 out of 10. Nice. I've just got our mutuals. So. Okay. So now this is the uh, the cover for Kong that Jake was telling me about. Jay was Lee. I right? Yeah, fucking killed it, bud. Now, King Kong, The Great War, Chapter 1, The Beach. Writer, Alex Cox. Artist, Tommaso Bianchi. And the first thing that I'm going to say, and this is like me, the, the my main knock on this book. Who in 1917 had this style of haircut? The uh, I go to Hot Topic and I shaved off the side of my head because I was at Hot Topic for too long. Like that's the haircut that this the main character in this has, and it's like I don't think I don't think anyone, especially a soldier in 1917, was like, um, "Sorry, person, cutting my hair very short. <laughs> Just do one side, please." I'd like to keep the other side long. Like, well, whatever you say, sir. This is how the military works. You know, I don't think that was a thing. Right. That's <laughs> but, funny. But he's got, you know, like he doesn't quite remember what happened, but his rest of his crew's there and you know, he's slowly remembering stuff from when he's there. And then, then we get to see Kong. And I like the way Kong's drawn in this because the original Kong... Um, wasn't supposed to be a hundred percent just a monkey he's supposed to be like kind of a monster monkey you know that's one of the things that peter jackson's kong kind of lacked was like like not a big big monkey and that was it i mean that's not the only problem that that movie had but yeah so like with this it it worked for me i actually liked this a lot maybe it's because i had such low expectations going into it because i've not read a good king kong book but like ever but this was Good. I liked it. I'm gonna go probably eight point <laughs> five out of ten again. I thought it was a thought it was a solid time. Nice. That makes me happy because you were nearly positive you were not gonna like it. <laughs> In all fairness, like I bought every single issue from like that one Kong book. I'm like, this is so bad. Why am I what because like and the worst part was that wasn't even the one that I was wanting to read. Cause like there was like two Kong books out at the same time. One was like actually connected to the movies. And then there was the one that I was reading. <laughs> and then, I, then later on I was like, well, I read all of this and they're doing a plan of the apes one. That should be cool. And it's like, Oh, you'd think it would be, <laughs> but it's not, it's real bad. <laughs> Okay, but Wildcats, number seven. This is by Rosenberg, and then we got, a, I think, multiple artists on this. Danny Kim and Christian Deuce on the art. Um, Grifter is drifting around to different realities, and his friends are trying to figure out, you know, what's going on. It's fun. I like this book a lot. It's just a interestingly good time. Grifter's such a fun character. And yeah, he uh, ends up in the like it ends with him ending up in this new reality, and there's a whole group of people, and they're like, uh, "This is you know this is weird, and this is confusing." He's like, "Yeah, I'm not the guy that you think I am." And then this other voice goes, "You sure as hell aren't." It's like because I am. You want to take that rag off your face before I take it off for you? And it's another grifter, and so he takes it off, and he's like, "Cole." And he's like, yeah, like I said, not exactly a guy. And he's like, and it's his brother. 
because you know he died and they're like max and then then it cuts to them like telling him what happened and he's gotta he's gotta save the void who he killed last issue and then like whose energy is the one that's sending him to these different realities so that's how it ends fun book i love this book uh, i'm going nine out of ten nice and so now it's just our mutuals all 30 of uh, you can pick the order. Okay, so I'm going to see if this were... Yeah, this is good. So this is how I have them set up. The Spirit World, Silk, The Nasty, Green Lantern, Saga, Daredevil, and Superman Lost. Okay. So we've got Spirit World, number one. Uh, it's written by Alyssa Wong. With art by Haining. And I like this a little more than I thought I would. Honestly, I thought it was a good time. I liked it, but there, like, I'll talk about the stuff I liked first. There's like one thing that I'm going to, I'll talk about and see if you agree. But the art in it's really good. I like how, you know, um, Batgirl's written. I like this new character who we don't really know the name of. Um, the creepy ghost stuff looks cool and this character's weapon stuff is cool and whatnot. What, what do you like about it? I like the art a lot. I love how like Cassandra is drawn. Agree. This, this uh, spirit person's like snap powers are pretty cool. I, I, I like the, the mix of, this new stuff with stuff we knew as in John Constantine. It was cool to see him. Uh, apparently this is a continuation from some Lazarus planet stuff that I did not read. Uh, but no, I just liked it, man. Like the spirit world stuff is cool. It's just kind of creepy magic -y stuff. And I'm on board for another issue. So my one knock though is the John Constantine. He does not seem like John Constantine, like a hundred percent. He's not could, enough of a dick. He's not enough of a dick. Like he just seems bland. Like you could be like, oh, this is Dr. Fate in the, like um, the new Dr. Fate. Cause like, he'd be nicer. Like if it was Naboo doctor, you know, like can't Dr. Fate, like that one wouldn't work, but you got like, Naboo, the, the new Dr. Fate, or it could be Zatanna or it could be any, you know, insert, like, I feel like Alyssa Wong was like, insert magic user. And then they're like, ah, just toss Constantine in there. Like, okay, we'll put Constantine in. And like, it doesn't feel like Constantine doesn't feel like for such a character that has such a big personality. He doesn't have any in this book. And that really yep. like brought it, you know, that really hurt it for me. I get that. Um, I, I think they were just trying to let xanthi or whatever their name is be the main focus but i agree if that's the case then they should have gone with somebody else um but i don't know it wasn't enough to like knock it too much for me i thought there were a lot more good than bad with this one yeah no i agree that's that's the main thing that kind of brought it down though i'm at probably an eight personally okay well i liked it a little more than you so i'll say 8.5 yeah. um I, you know, so far, a lot of this Donna DC stuff um, is starting off pretty strong until we get Tom King. So th this gets me excited for the other like new stuff that's coming out. Like my one problem with this new stuff that's coming out, though, is like 
I'm not invested in these characters, like the vigil. And like next week is another bigger week. And I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pay more money. Cause like for this, these characters that'll be like, cause like I like Ram V, but I like Alyssa Wong probably more than I do Ram V. And like her stuff is like more like, oh yeah, this will pay off right away. Ram V is like, give it about 10 issues, drop 50 bucks on me. And then you're going to be like, oh wow. You know? And so like, I'm not going to do that for the vigil. I'm not going to pick up the vigil, you know, because of that. So it's, it sucks. Like there, there, there's just too much good stuff out there for me to actually care. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So the silk number one by Emily Kim with Ig Guara on the art. This is pretty sweet. What'd you think? Yep. The dream world she's in a noir movie was amazing. I want a whole series. It's just that. Yeah, the art in it's super cool. She's trying to like basically it starts off, and I was like, I don't know what the hell is going on. And I think that you know that's kind of the point. She's a private investigator trying to find this lost kid, and she's like recognizes someone. She's like, How do I know that? And then oh, giant monster, and then she starts remembering things, and then stuff starts changing. And as I was reading, I'm like, she's dreaming. Like, she's got to be because, like, stuff's just, you know, dream logic is happening. And then she's remembering back to different people. And it ends with her being on a train. It looks like we're going to be getting a Robin a train height, you know, a train heist type thing. And then, oh, there's two baddies that are doing this to her. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm glad it's them, if mm-hmm. I'm being honest, because, like, I enjoyed that. But I'm also like, oh, man. I really thought there was going to be a love triangle here, and there's no love at all. <laughs> <laughs> nope. If you read the last series, then you'll you'll. It was series before last, it. wasn't it? Oh yeah, I guess it could be. Because um, I think the last one was the old lady one, right? It's all good, you know. Yeah, yeah. It should just be one series, <laughs> right? I agree. <laughs> But no, uh, Silk is a surprising character, a character that I'm surprised that I'm just loving this much. Same, because I never read her, not even one little drill bit until the, you know, I guess two series back. Yeah. I'm glad that I did. It's really good stuff. Yep. I'm at uh, probably a nine. I really liked it. I am also at a nine. Nice. All right, which brings us to The Nasty, number two, written by John Lees with art by George Combades and Adam Cahoon. And, you know, this uh, this has all the charm of the first issue, but even more is coming together plot-wise, so, I, you know, I loved it. Yeah, there's nothing really bad to say. It's really funny. We get more character fleshing out. And then, like you said, there's more stuff with the plot. And I just want to talk about one part that had me laughing pretty good, though. It's the, uh, per- like, when she's talking about Pervert Bigfoot, like, Pervert Bigfoot is a masterpiece. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> In one scene, the Bigfoot catches this camper and First, he punches his fist right up his bum hole. You know he's gone all the way up when his, the guy's eyeballs pop out from inside with two claws emerging from the sockets. The, this Bigfoot then flaps his mouth like a puppet and uses him to talk to the guy's girlfriend. Yes, the Bigfoot can talk. Just go with it. Don't ru- don't ruin me, Rudy. I love you. 
The girlfriend only sees this clever ruse because this is the first time her boyfriend has told her he loves her or rubs her. So this is, in fact, an incisive exploration of the gender dynamics through an exploitation lens. So, yeah, you want me you want my recommendation? Perfect Bigfoot. I think you'll love it. And then she like cuts to her talking to this little old lady. She's like, I want a video of my a video my grandchildren could watch. Oh, they'll love it. (laughs) Yeah. Hilarious. Um, I really like that issue and it also pervert bigfoot made me think of a movie at me and my roommates watched in college called getty a yay loves a gay love story so if you ever get a chance don't watch it it's not very good (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i don't i don't have anything else to say about it really just really good stuff i'm looking forward to the next one for me it's it's a good old nine out of ten i'm at a nine too liked it a lot i'm just loving where this book's going Okay, so next up, Dawn of DC, Green Lantern by Jeremy Adams and Zermanico on the art. Dude, I ho- I, I want to hear your opinion because you and me are different levels of Green Lantern fans. Here's my question. Is Hal supposed to be kind of a douche? Yeah. Okay. Because I'll be honest, he wasn't all that likable to me. Um, I did like it. I think the art's really good. I like that, uh, you know, Carol seems like a good enough person that she wants to help out, uh, you know, when her ex is in need, even though that's a little bit weird for her. Um the time jumpy stuff was a little bit confusing. I, you yep. know, I think I think the flow could have been a lot better there. Um, but Hal really is just kind of a douche. Just like, sorry I destroyed your drones, but maybe they should just, you know, be better. Maybe you should use real ships. It's like, or how about you just fucking do what she says and not crash her technology? You know what I mean? Um, that was a very Hal. That was very Hal Jordan. So well, like, yeah, I mean, I, that could be. Yeah, I, I'm I, not saying it's a bad thing. It's just it makes him not super likable. But I really like the backup story, like more than the main story. I was like, dude, give me a John Stewart by Philip Kennedy Johnson, and I'm reading that shit. You're, you're getting it in August, I think. Oh, is that what that one is? I, yeah, because this is like the the setup to that. I'm story. on board. Then I thought that part was awesome. I was okay with it for the back with the backup the main story i love the main story i thought the art was fantastic i thought hal was written exactly how i wanted the i i agree with you the time jumpy stuff didn't work and i also don't i think it's a little bit too like perfect for it to be like hey this guy just bought a manhunter suit and it's attacking the town right over that hal jordan's at it's like oh perfect yeah <laughs> And then the backup story, the John Stewart stuff, I liked. But then the other stuff where it's like the two Green Lanterns and one's guy, yeah, one was Gardner. So it's like, oh, does is Guy Gardner just gonna die? That sucks. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess it's better than Tom King continuing to write them, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. See, see, I, I, I just know Philip Kennedy Johnson is a good enough writer that. It's it's gonna it's gonna play out differently than we think. Yeah, but so and like 
there's there wasn't enough for the John Stewart story for me to be overly excited personally because it's like I don't know what the radiant black stuff is, and I think that stuff that might be stuff from the last series where John was. So it's hard, like I said, it's hard for me to be overly excited about that. Yet the only thing I'm really excited about is I know Phil King Johnson is gonna be good, and I like John Stewart. But yeah, I, I like I said, I love the main story, and I'm just excited for it. I'm, you know, I think it's all written very well. Yeah, I'm gonna go eight. I'm at a nine five because only only thing that really brought it down for me was the jumping around just didn't work all the time. They did a little bit too much of that. Yep, agreed. All right, Saga 64 by Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples. This, in my opinion, is the best issue since the hiatus. I don't know. It was really good. Don't know if I'd say best issue since the hiatus, but I really liked it. I just, you know, it's really nice to see all the stuff happened with Squire. Um, and it's nice to see like Hazel's reaction in real time to all of yeah. that. Uh, you know, the guy's like, hey, no worries. I'll help you out. And she's like, great. And Squire's like, the fuck we are? And yeah. it's like, whoa, 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 hang on. <laughs> uh, but I just I just love that. Um, I love the beginning with the frog dude, the, the old bandmates. Yeah, yeah, that was fun too. It was really fun. I don't know, man. Like, I, I just really love this issue. So I have to knock it for this one part. And I'll and I think you'll know what I'm going to be talking about because I made I always complained about this as I read Blue Beetle. There is you no have need. no idea what they're saying. <laughs> I do not speak Spanish. If this book came out in Mexico, I'm sure the rest of it's not English. <laughs> so that you know, I don't. I'm sure this part that the the Spanish speaking characters are speaking are not in English right now. You know, so it's like that just does not work for me. It annoys me. No end. Like, it's one thing when it's like a magic word, but when it's like full dialogue for, or, let's see the pages. One, two, three, four pages. Not needed, guys. <laughs> At least yeah. they're not saying a lot, but that that is like my one knock for this issue. Everything else is like, yeah, this is a perfectly good saga book, which is better than most books out there. <laughs> I mean, is it Spanish though? I think so. Okay. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm asking. I have no idea. I'm I'm almost positive it is because, like, I mean, the other characters speak English, and Marco is supposed to be, you know, basically based off Spanish or you know Spanish speaking stuff. So I, I'm pretty sure they are. We can really quick Google Translate since I didn't do that when I was reading it. I don't know what they were saying. Well. Either way, I'm just, uh, I like this a little more than previous issues. I'm really excited to see if Squire is going to like go off the deep end maybe because, I mean, could we be, should we be surprised if he does? I think no. I mean, no, dude's been through a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like that. And plus, like, I mean, anymore, you just can't be surprised by anything that happens with this book because it's like every, anything can happen. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, if 
this is you know you know like it's like oh yeah if anyone but hazel dies i'll be surprised <laughs> or yeah. i won't be surprised because like yeah this, everyone dies <laughs> yep agreed um yeah this one despite what we have left was my favorite thing that i read this week so i'm gonna give it a 10 um yeah pick of the week for me and it's nice to say that again because you know the last couple i thought were still really good but just weren't as perfect as they have been yeah i'm gonna go nine five i liked it all right so Zdarsky and Raphael Delator were doing the creative work on Daredevil number 11. What was your thoughts, buddy? I thought this book was pretty fucking cool, dude. Yep. Um You know, it's one of I I will say this. It's one of those weird things where it's like the last few issues, the strong ones, untouchable, can't beat them unless the series is wrapping up and then Daredevil can just go in there and get what he wants in two pages. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. I still loved it. I love the way he talked to them. Uh, we have two more issues and it's like, man, what is what's going to happen in these last two? How's it going to get wrapped up? Um, I I just I just hope that it doesn't feel rushed. I hope that maybe that last one's oversized or something, and uh, and everything wraps up like it needs to, because yeah. it's not just a series wrap up. I mean, this is Zadarsky's being done. Um, so I you know I just I I want it to end the way it should. To end with uh, Foggy waking up in the hospital, I'm like I had the weirdest dream first off you killed somebody on accident matt and matt's like what i could that's never. crazy and then like so you're just like oh all of this was foggy's dream okay <laughs> but um no i liked it a lot and it's like at least with him showing up at the Stromwinds, i thought made sense because like i don't think he would have ever made this play had he not had nothing to lose and then like you know getting on his hands and knees and ripping out his eyes to prove to them that they own him basically. And they pull the shield down because of it, you know, like th- that worked versus it, you know, cause they had that shield up. There's no way he could touch them before that. But then like they got cocky. It's just like, yep. yeah, it was like, that's so good. So yeah, I, I really liked it. But then, since we paid five bucks for this, we got a backup story too with Iron Fist, the the new Iron Fist, and he teamed up with Daredevil. But this Daredevil has no connection to the current Daredevil in the comics. <laughs> yep. Like it was a totally fine story, and it was, you know, there was some creepy stuff, and it was neat. But it's like, did we need it? No, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i'm a i'm at like a nine and a half man i thought this was really fucking good it, i'm at a nine the the backup story takes it down because it's like completely pointless doesn't add anything to the story it would have been cool had it been like oh this is what fucking stilt man's doing after he got out of jail you know like 
that type of thing. That would have been neat, or like any of those characters, anyone that's. But no, they're like, ah, we just throw this in there. Why not? We get it, man. You want a stilt man mini? I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I don't want a mini. I want the whole, I want a maxi series. <laughs> but no, like if they would have done any of those characters and just had a backup with any of them doing anything, been cool. Or like the, Electra in jail. Yeah. Oh, that would have been awesome. Or even, uh, I don't know, just Spider Man. I know he's not stuck in, yeah, you know, I just like to think like a mini series is like Spider Man, like still stuck in webbing, being like, when the other guy's going to wake up, get me out of here. <laughs> all right and our final one of the week we've got superman lost number three and it's written by a priest with art by carlo pagulian so sorry about that um man this one this one was a cosmic doozy yeah (laughs) it was cool though so good yeah the i'll say the story for me kind of lacking compared to the other two i think because it's where the other two were like very much more focused on like the situation at hand and it was like you know with the toll it's taking on him he actually had something to do this time and people to save so it wasn't quite the same but superman's still like nailed as far as how good he's written so there's nothing much to complain there i really like this story i really like this book though Yep, I do too. I will say it was a bit rushed when Superman was talking to, you know, those microorganisms. And then, you know, bam, right next to, to the next scene without seeing how that actually plays out. So, yeah. But it was uh, a, a nice way for Superman to beat the thing because it was like, hey, you are worried about your life. Can you just like not kill these things? I, like that, you know, and it was like this nice, Instead of it just being punch and punch type thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, yeah. Art is killer for sure. And I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah. Also, I uh, I got the B cover that Lee Weeks did. Really good. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna say like a strong eight five on this one. I'm probably gonna go nine again for it. I I liked it. My I'm gonna say though, my pick of the week after just thinking about all of them, probably it's either Silk or Green Lantern. I might go Silk because I don't think enough people read Silk. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a good time. People should. It is. But what are you excited for? Uh I am excited for. I'm going to say Batgirls because I can only say that one more time after this. Um, Let's see here. Probably World's Finest. And She-Hulk. Nice. I'm going to say Superman, the Hulk annual, and, you know, Flash. Because Flash is real good. But not giant cockatoo. I mean, I'm excited for that. It's really stupid, but I have a feeling this next issue is not going to be as good as the last one because it's like, oh yeah, we're going to get into the plot instead of the uh, giant monster just fucking a building. <laughs> what what if it was just another full issue of that every panel? Yeah, I'd be like, okay, maybe maybe I don't need to keep reading this. <laughs> okay, so me and my brother, though, we were talking 
the other, my, my brother Nick were uh, talking about, you know, like basically we were on the subject of Zack Snyder. And then he said, he's like, you know, you think he'd do a good Daredevil movie? And I was like, you know, with all of like the Christian symbol, you know, symbolism or symbology that Snyder like <laughs> that Snyder likes to put in stuff anyway. And like, hold on, has... hold on, hold on. What is that symbology symbolism thing from? That's from something. It's from your favorite high school movie, Boondock Saints. That's right. Yeah. What is the symbolism? <laughs> I, I couldn't place it, but you're right. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, he likes to see he loves doing you know Christian uh symbolism in the movies anyway. And then like, oh yeah, this movie, th- this movie has to have that. Name one time he's done that. <laughs> Man of Steel. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you know, like doing that and plus the darker tone would work for that. Unlike it didn't really work super well, in my opinion, with Superman. It could be really good, but it could also be five hours long. So it'd be kind of like a toss up. But that leads into give me four directors you think could make a really good comic movie and what comic book character they'd have. Sure. So the first one, Edgar Wright, Ant-Man. That is going to be the biggest what if ever, dude. At least as far as like superhero movies go. I really, really, really wanted that to happen. I have a feeling it'd be about what we got. No, no, no. I'm saying if he got to do whatever he wanted. I know. I'm just saying it's like, eh, probably would have been pretty close because it's still, he still has a script credit on that. I choose not to believe that. All right. Um, then I'm going to go Quentin Tarantino. I'm trying to think of like some of my favorite directors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tarantino. I'm going to say Suicide Squad because we all know how Tarantino movies end. We know how a lot of Suicide Squad teams end. And uh, I think that one could work out. Any thoughts on that? I think that'd be good. I- I'd watch Tarantino Suicide Squad. Just think of the feet in that. Oh, I know. Harley, Har- Margot Robbie's feet all over the screen, for sure. Viola Davis got her old feet up. <laughs> John Cena got them big old toes up. <laughs> um, I'm also, I'm going to say John Huston for the Golden Age Sandman, so Wesley Dodds. John Huston did the Maltese Falcon. And uh, Casey and I had a bit of a noir film kick uh like late high school early college and i think i think that style of movie but with wesley dodd sandman would be pretty awesome mm-hmm. and then finally uh i love guy Ritchie, even though you know he hasn't done much that i love in like the last 10 years but his early ones i sure do love and i was just trying to think of a fun stupid crime kind of movie he could do and uh, I think he would take Ewan McGregor's Black Mask and make it fun like it should have been. Yeah, no. Uh, so he did this movie called The Gentleman, like probably four, five years ago. Yeah, I didn't. It's, I didn't see that one. It's good. You'd you'd enjoy it. Um, but yeah, no. So first one, it's gonna be Zack Snyder, just Daredevil. I think that would work just too well. Um, and then I had Edgar Wright also on on my mental one. But for the Flash instead, his like fast cut style would be super awesome, you know, yeah. doing a Flash movie, but not Ezra Miller, like, you know, a non-psychotic actor. Um, and then 
I started thinking like, I don't know a lot of directors. Uh, so then I was like, you know, it'd be cool. <laughs> uh, Vince Gilliland or how the dude that made Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. If he did a Hulk movie, I think that'd be pretty neat or a Hulk TV show. And then I'm going to try to think of somebody that I'm like, ah, eh, let's go with like Brad Bird. He did uh, the Iron Giant. Have him do Superman. Oh, okay. I like that. So if you're listening, though, tell us some of your favorite directors and what movie you want them to do. Yeah. All right. I think that's the end of the episode, huh? Yep. Alrighty, folks. Hope you enjoyed this comic-heavy episode. Uh, we'll move on to our closing plugs. Uh, please go to facebook.com slash podcast and give the page a like. You can also follow us on Twitter at two underscore worlds underscore PC and on Instagram at two worlds pod. You can email us at two worlds podcast at gmail.com. And if you would, please go to our YouTube channel. It's two worlds podcast on YouTube and subscribe to the channel. And then also, uh, as we mentioned many times in the last two episodes, we do have some shirts, tank tops and hoodies available uh, you can find that wherever, whatever social you follow us on, we have our link tree there that will take you right to our bonfire page where you can buy said shirt. Tell your friends about the shirts. Tell your, like, just be like, hey, see the shirt I'm wearing? And when they say, yeah, like, you want it? And when they say, no, I don't know what this is, like, well, don't worry. They have like 170 episodes that we're going to listen to right <laughs> now. And then they'll be like, but isn't this like a, a weekly thing? Like, why why should we listen to the old ones when the news is already happening? Like, because these guys, their their personalities are so good. We have to listen to all of them so you know the type of people they are. And then like, that sounds terrible. And then, then you'll be like, well, you're not leaving. That's when you pull out your gun. And then they'll be like, okay, we'll, we'll listen to it. And then you guys listen to all of it. And then, then which, you take which off- by the way, is like 14 days worth of content. Yeah. <laughs> if you want, you can like turn up the speed like one and a half. Yeah. And then just do that. And then afterwards you reveal that the gun was actually like a, you know, water pistol, like zip, zip, ha, fun. And then you give them your shirt and then you just order another one. <laughs> but We'd love to stay in chat, but I'm going to post a Twitter about how much I just fucking hate dogs. Bye, guys. See ya.